2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, chapter 4. Amen. First Corinthians chapter four, beginning at verse number one. I gotta. I'm coming. Amen. I have to put this on never, so I'm not flipping back and forth. So then. Men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Paul says, and the King James says, stewards of the mysteries of, of, of God. Now, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. So then it is it is required of a steward, I think King James says, that a man is found faithful. Faithful. I want to talk about the stewardship principle. The stewardship principle. That's what we're going to talk about today. You may be seated. I've already prayed. Amen. Look at your neighbor as a neighbor. Bishop is going to preach about stewardship. It's a principle that we must follow. <laughs> Pay attention, neighbor. The Lord will minister to you today. Uh, Y'all murmured, murmured that. Uh, the Lord will minister to me today. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I was as I was uh, sitting... And, and, and when I came into to praise and worship this morning and just been sitting and listening to the songs and even as the choir just finished singing, um, one of the things that the Holy Spirit impressed in my spirit is that there is a false sense, sense of spirituality in the church. Um, because we are, we are emotional people um, and you'll see as we go through the message what, 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 we're what the Lord is dealing with me about. Um, and if he's dealing with me about it, he's dealing with us about it. This, this is for us. Um, because we will do those things that lean towards spirituality, but we will fail to follow the principles of God. And if we don't follow the principles of God, we can't expect the blessings of God. You can't dance your way into blessings. You can't sing your way into blessings. And I, and I know this sounds legalistic, but you will see as we go through the message, it's not legalistic because we're not under the law of Moses. We're under the, the law of Christ. And if we're under the, the law of Christ, we have to follow the law of Christ. Um, 
Because that is the place where the blessings lie. Regardless of how anointed we may be, whether it's me preaching, regardless of how great I might be able to preach, if I don't follow the principles of God, I can't expect the blessings of God. You remember? Anyway, let me go into the message, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this. A, a few months ago, uh, maybe a year or so, maybe a year ago, uh, maybe, I'm not sure. But the Lord led me to deal with, the, with faith as the law or the principle of the kingdom. Y'all remember that message? One of the things that God said to us is that faith is the primary principle. Everything else we do that pleases and honors God hinges on faith. Okay? As citizens of the kingdom of God, somebody say citizens. Say, I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. As citizens of the kingdom of God, it is vital that you and I know and live by the principles that he has put in place in order for us to experience the greatest benefit of citizenship and to avoid the penalties that comes with breaking those principles or those laws. Follow me now. As in any nation or kingdom, there are laws, and there are consequences for breaking or violating those laws. The speed limit is 55. Now, you might be going 75, and you might do it for a long time. But one day, the popo is... just happens to be in that location that you're passing by. And do you think that if he has his radar on, that you're just going to speed by him and he's not going to stop you? There are consequences. We don't tend to think of things this way in the kingdom of God because most of us don't even have the mindset that we're citizens of the kingdom of God. We see ourselves as citizens of the United States of America. Amen. And we see ourselves as members of the church. Membership does not carry the same weight as citizenship. Membership carries with it the idea of joining and cancellation. If I join... I can follow the rules if I want to, and if I don't want to, I don't have to. No one can do anything about it. And if I choose to, I can cancel my membership at any time and join somewhere else that is more suitable to my liking. Citizenship carries with it much more weight and there are some things that you probably will never think about. Well, Bishop, why did you think about it? Because one time I considered dual citizenship. I really considered becoming a citizen of Liberia and wanted to maintain my citizenship of the United States of America, and I found out that that was just not, yeah, you got to give up citizenship. If you become a citizen of another country, you just, 
you know, anyway. But, but and, and, you know, that, that's why some of these things begin to play in my mind as the, as the Lord was dealing with me about this. There are things um, that you are going to do as a citizen of the United States of America or you will suffer the consequences of not doing them and there's nothing you can do about it. Don't file your income taxes. Don't pay your taxes, your, your, your property taxes. Don't pay your power bill. You know, you're using the power now. Don't pay the power bill. There are consequences. Just like driving 100 in a 55 mile zone. Keep on doing it. There are consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you will suffer and there is nothing that you can do about it. Uh, oh, so you're going to renounce your citizenship. Where are you going to live? How are you going to take care of yourself in that country? Where do you get the money from to become a citizen of another nation? What nation will you become a citizen of? What nation do you know that much about that you're going to become a citizen of that nation? Are you sure you are like living in that nation? Will you have the same rights and privileges in that nation as you have in the United States? You ever wonder why so many people want to come to the United States of America? You ever think about that? You grumble and complain about living in the United States and how high the taxes are and this and that and other, but you ever thought about that you can drink the water without getting sick most of the time? You ever thought about that you can just about go to any restaurant in America if you had the money and, and, and buy whatever you want? You ever thought about the freedoms you have living in America that people in other countries don't have? Just about everybody in here has a vehicle. You go to other nations, especially undeveloped nations, just about nobody in church has a vehicle. You ever thought about it? There's a lot more to deal with when it comes to citizenship that most people don't think about and never think about because we tend to take, take for granted these things that we have here as a citizen of the United States and never even think about changing our citizenship. Nobody in here, except maybe me, ever thought about, maybe that's one or two other people, I won't say I'm exclusive in this. <laughs> Nobody ever thought about changing their citizenship. Lord. We can't even get most of y'all even think about going on a mission trip, much less talking about changing your citizenship. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. As such, we need to know what his principles are so that we can maximize. Somebody say maximize. Everybody say maximize. That sounds better. Maximize the benefits that come along with being a citizen of his kingdom. 
A kingdom, mind you, that is a theocracy and not a democracy. God rules and reigns in this kingdom. He doesn't have a senate, and he doesn't have a house of representatives. He is the Supreme Court. He does not ask your opinion about anything. There is no election. There is no voting in the kingdom of God. All right? So, as I was praying about a message to bring you to today, the Lord began to deal with me about, the, about principles again. Principles that he has put in place for his people to help us live lives that will honor him and cause us to prosper as well. Because God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. He is not an, uh, an autocratic ruler who does not concern himself with the benefit of the people who are under him. He loves us. He does. He loves us. And he's concerned about our prosperity. But he's put principles in place that if we are going to be blessed, we have to follow his principles. Now, when you think about church, there's a false sense of spirituality in church because we've been taught name it and claim it. You know, we've been taught that we can, especially in the black church, in the African, excuse me, African-American church. We've been taught that, you know, we can get emotional and, and that, that spiritual and you know, we can, we can, we can <coughs> huck a messiah and we can, you know, we can moan and we can run and we can jump and we can dance and we can do all of these things. And, and, you know, sometimes you have to wonder, are we trying to manipulate God? Are we, are we trying to, who, who, I mean, I have to ask, I ask myself this question sometimes, you know, and when it comes to developing a message to, to preach, you know, I begin to ask myself, am I trying to, to, to impress people or am I trying to please God? What is my motive in what I'm doing? You know, I, I, I check my motive out because it does not mean anything. It doesn't amount to a hill of beans if you run around this sanctuary, jump and shout and say, oh, Bishop preached today, and God isn't glorified. I mean, we go through spiritual calisthenics, and when we're finished exercising, we're just tired. Sometimes we're sweaty, hot, and tired, and life has not changed. And do you ever wonder, why don't things change? Well, if you ask yourself, why don't things change, then you have to also ask yourself, am I following the principles of God? Am I working the principles of God? The principle that God was beginning to deal with me about this week was the principle of stewardship. And, and stewardship covers several areas. 
I won't even finish the general message today because I've made a commitment that I will not preach an hour and a half or two hours this morning, even though we're in early service. <laughs> Amen. This covers a wide area. So you'll be hearing about this for the next few weeks. But the Lord is dealing with us about this because this is something that we really need to be aware of. I know that, that praise steals the enemy and the avenger. But let me tell you something. If you are not working the principle of faith, all you're doing is hollering. That's all you're doing. And the enemy is looking at you saying, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. The enemy looking at you laughing. Because you're not moving him. Because there are principles that you have to, that, that all of this, you know, you've heard knowing line upon line, precept upon precept. And God is not obligated to do anything when we won't follow his precepts. Yeah. Supernatural advancement, rethink possible. A year of supernatural advancement. Supernatural advancement does not come simply because we're praising God or simply because we have faith. Faith is an action word. Having faith automatically implies, implies that we must do something. Somebody say, do something. Say, do the right thing. Because you can do something, but it ain't nothing. Faith produces work. James chapter 2. You can turn there and read it with me. Starting at verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, no works? Can faith save them? Can, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? You just uttered some words. You, 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 you made yourself seem, oh, be healed, brother, in the name of Jesus. You just uttered some words. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Someone will say you have faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. And I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and they tremble. You're not even trembling. Listen to what it says. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Yeah, you sure do, don't you? <laughs> Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, you see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. 
And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Go back and read it yourself. Just read that again. Read it about 10 times this week. Because God is not just looking for us to come up in here and hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and praise the Lord. And then we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. There has to be some particular action behind our words if faith is truly to be faith and do what it's intended to do. Okay? With that said, when it comes to supernatural advancement, it's time for us to rethink this thing that we call faith and make such uh, uh, that, that the proper works are accompanying our words. Okay? We must make sure that works are accompanying our words. For this message today, those works deal with stewardship. Stewardship is the work of a steward. It is a thing that a steward does that characterizes him or her carrying the title of a steward. Okay? It is, and this is according to uh, businessdictionary.com, okay? It is the office, the duties, and obligations of a steward. A steward is a person whose job is to manage the land and property of another person. Okay? The second part of the definition is the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Paul says concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ that has been entrusted to him and the apostles, he says, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required. He didn't say suggested. He did not say suggested. It is required of a steward that they are found faithful. The NIV says, so then men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and of those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Okay? Now he is dealing with the mysteries of the gospel. But stewardship deals with anything that has been placed in our trust. So when we look at this principle of stewardship, we see that it speaks of conducting or managing the affairs, the properties, uh, 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 whatever, of somebody else. It says also that it is required of a steward that a person is what? 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 Faithful. Sometimes we need to just shut down everything and get on the altar and repent because we're not faithful. Stewardship involves responsibility, accountability, and faithfulness, which deals with honesty, integrity, and diligence. 
Because the steward has been entrusted with the affairs of somebody else. What the steward has in his or her possession does not belong to him or her. It belongs for us. It belongs to God. Everything that we have in our possession belongs to God. He created this world and everything in it. He never gave it away. He only entrusted human beings with the task of managing it. We see this in the creation account in Genesis. God created the world and everything in it. He created the Garden of Eden. He created man and woman and put them in the garden to take care of it. He didn't say, I'm giving away my world. So I'm putting you here to take care of it. Deuteronomy 10 and 4 says, To the Lord your God belongs the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. Psalm 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. Y'all know it, quote it. What else? The world, and who? They that dwell therein. Who's dwelling in this world today? Who in here is dwelling in the world? We are. So who do we belong to? Now, you know, I know this is not a popular message. In, in most churches, unless you're dealing with really faithful people, stewardship is not a popular message because people don't like to be, for you to be up in their face, they say, about their business. I'm just trying to help you. You know, people don't want to hear about things that they need to do. They would rather hear about things that will make them feel good. Increase. The Lord's going to bless you today. Healing belongs to you. Glory to God. I see a blessing in your future. Ah, uh, you go to next week in seven days. Ah, uh, this thing is going to turn around for you. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. I used to get so sick of that tilting man on television. Y'all remember that tilting man? This is y'all old enough for that tilting man? I used to get so sick of that man on television. Lord have mercy. Yes! That's what I'm going to do for you today. And when he finished, you got to send him an offering. You got to send some money about something. We are in this world. We belong. We belong to God. We belong, young people, don't, don't, don't bypass this. Don't overlook this. You belong to God. Yeah, yeah. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own, which means you don't belong to yourself. You were bought with a price. The, the Amplified says purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made his own. So then, honor God and bring glory to him in your body. This body, this body that your soul and spirit resides in does not belong 
to you. This body belongs to God. You were purchased with a preciousness, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on Calvary. If you're saved today, and we like the idea of salvation, amen? We don't want to go to hell. Maybe that's the problem. Because you see, salvation only works when you really love the Lord. Now, some people claim the salvation, they're going to end up in hell anyhow. Because they only got saved to keep from going to hell. You're going to end up there anyway. God knows your heart. So we were purchased. You were, you were lost in sin, sold out to Satan, but Jesus came on the scene. Somebody witnessed to you concerning salvation, and now that you are saved, you have a new position, and that position is not just of saved, but you are a manager. You are a steward of God. You manage this body. Now, let's, let's, let's think about managing this body now before we get into because this is a lot. A lot of us don't think about. You've been chosen as a manager of a steward. I said the body, but also the life. Okay? It doesn't belong to you. You can't create life. God breathed into Adam the breath of life, and he became a what? Living being, living soul. So we're managers of our lives and our bodies. But it's not just the body that... that what, 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 I need to talk about that. Managing your life, how you're living it, to the glory of God. It's where it's supposed to be lived, okay? And we're getting to talking about time, talent, and resources, which make up how we live our lives. But managing this body, how you're taking care of this body. You know, we don't think about you know, the issues of what we put in our bodies. We're, we're managers of this body that God has given to us. And most of the time, we don't think about what we eat, how much we eat, when we eat, how we exercise, which all deals with taking care of. We're managers. We're stewards of this body. Now, how do we expect blessings? We will, we will eat all of this fat back and all of this pork and, 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 and all of this processed food and we'll get sick and then we come and we want the preacher to pray for us so that we can be healed and God has said, change the way you eat. Never saw so many people, I don't like vegetables. I don't eat vegetables. That does not make sense. If you're going to put starch in your body, you need something to flush the starch out. God gave you a body. I know you didn't come to church to hear this today, but you got it now. You might as well listen. God gave you a body. You got to take care of it. Now, my wife is guilty about eating 10, 11 o'clock at night. I can't do it and go to sleep. Because anytime you eat and you lay down, you are not working it off. Amen. Now I can use my wife as an example. She might fuss at me when I get home. But that's all right. A whole lot of us do that. You know, I 
remember the time, you know, I remember when I was 150 pounds, you know, and then I became a pastor, and I started doing revivals, and after revival meeting, all those sisters would bring that food after at Fishing Creek, they would bring that food after they finished preaching that night, and I was a single man, and they would bring me boxes of food. I finally had to tell them, I said, y'all, I can't eat all of this food. And then I started kind of, you know, you know, you start expanding. Then eating 10 o'clock at night, you know, you know, we were in college, we'd go out to eat 10, 11 o'clock at night, but then you start getting a little bit older, you can't do that and go home and go to bed. Now, now I said teenagers, and some of y'all, y'all still doing it, y'all 20, you ain't teenager no more. You got to take care of this body, you know, and because we can't come. God is saying, if you work my principles, then you will reap the benefit of working my principles. You can't just go and do what you want to do, refuse to work my principles, and then come back and expect me to turn things around for you. That is just redundant. You won't even do that for your own child. You got a disobedient child. And they continue to be disobedient. You're not going to continue to give to them. What parent in their right mind? Yet we expect God. That's why I say there's a false sense of spirituality in the church. There's a, there's a deep false sense of spirituality that is rooted in the church. And it's been perpetuated down through the ages. We it just didn't start in this generation. We're to manage faithfully. What time is it? Okay. Yeah. And then it comes down to not just your body, but that, that's a that's a very significant thing, because you know we could we could really help ourselves if we weren't paying a whole lot of medical bills. Just think about the money that goes out of your pocket for medicine. Yeah. We want rest, right? Then we get under stress. You know, because some of our sickness is not always from what we ate. Some folk, are, some folk are stressed out. You're trying to do too much. I found myself trying to answer everything and help everybody. And I finally realized, that, you know, some people don't really want help. They just want to burden you down. And as long as you're crazy enough to let them burden you down, they're going to burden you down. Some people, somebody said, somebody just said last week, you ought to always answer your phone because it might be somebody sick. Sometimes I look at my phone and I put it down. Oh, pastor, yes, because listen. It's not, it's not, I don't often do that for y'all. I, I really don't often do that for y'all. So it, it, it'll have to, I have to be busy to do that for y'all. But y'all, listen, you got to really want to change. You know, you got to want to change because if you don't want to change, I can't help you. And I'm too old now. 
to be carrying folk that just all they want to do is be carried. Let me tell you something. God does not have a welfare program. God doesn't have food stamps. God doesn't have AFDC. What else? He don't have whatever that is. T-A-N-L. He does not have it. God says if a man doesn't work, he don't eat. You to work with your hands that you can take care of yourself and you can have something to add to the body of Christ. Ooh. So you get into managing your body and managing your life. You get into managing your time and managing your talents and managing your resources and managing your abilities. Okay? And then you get into faithfully managing all of your other possessions and managing the relationships and managing the environment. You know, you ever seen folk that won't change the oil in the car? Let me tell you something. The car was made so that every 3,000 or 5,000 miles, you need to change the oil. Because if you don't change the oil, you're going to mess up your engine. Changing your oil is about $30 or $40. Buying a new engine is about $2,000. Do you get it? It's much easier for you to come up with $30 or $50 than $2,000. Somebody asked me the other day, Bishop, how many miles you got on that car? And he said, 400,000. I said, no. Then I looked at it. I got 395,000. My mechanic says to me, he said, Bishop, you take care of your car. Now, it got some things wrong with it. But it runs good. And it's paid for. So when y'all get ready for me to get a new car, <laughs> hallelujah. You know, you got to take care of God give you a house. You know, you got to clean the gutters. You know, you got to cut the lawn. If you got a leaky commode, you got to fix it. Because if you don't fix it, something's going to rot. Stewardship. We don't think about this. We don't think about these things. It's all we want to think about. Give me some music. You know, and then more of us going to dance. Because the music is going. And we don't think about the principles that God has put in place that if we work the principles, blessings will come in our lives. God says stewardship is a principle that you must work. I put these things in your possession, you got to manage it well. And we have the ability to manage. That's the thing about it. We have the ability to manage these things. It's not like you don't have the ability 
You've got the ability. Uh, Peter says that, that God has given us all things that pertain unto what? Life. 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 See, y'all want to get to the godliness part. Life and godliness. So he wants you to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, but he wants you to manage what he's given you in this life. And a real saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost person is concerned about managing the things that God has put in his possession. We don't always get it, I don't always get it right. But we got to start getting it right. If we want the blessings of God. It's no sense in us continuing to give blessings in the church. And we got all these people that are just doing all kinds of things. And we're raising a generation of people who really are trying to change spiritual principles. You know, you know everything is all right. And it's totally contrary to God. You, got, you, you, you cannot change the Bible. Remember, this is a theocracy. This is not a democracy. And just because you think it's all right does not mean it's all right. And just because your friends accept you as being free and informed and enlightened and you're not old and stuck in your ways does not make it right. Does not make it right. You got to work the principles that God has put in place. Stewardship is a principle that God has put in place. You're not going to do it apart from faith because it takes faith in God and working faith to work stewardship, to be a faithful steward. You get into, um, oh, let me go back up. Yeah. Uh, so we have the ability, the ability to manage. We have the ability to manage our finances. We have the ability to faithfully tithe, to faithfully give offerings, to take, faithfully take care of financial obligations, faithfully share with others, and save some for ourselves, and then put some aside to sow again. We have the ability to do that. When you read Corinthians and Paul talks about how God gives seed to the sower, he lists all of these ways that God will bless you so that you can give the tithe, you can, you can sow the offering, you can, you can um, save some, uh, you can take care of all of your obligations, you can save some and share with others because being a Christian, you have to share with other people and then put some aside to sow again. Okay. The problem with a lot of us is that we refuse to live as citizens of the kingdom of God. We just refuse. We just refuse to abide by what God says in his word. Even if you do not understand the, the concept and you're just really focusing in on the concept of citizenship in the kingdom of God, before then, many people in the church refuse to abide by what God has said in his word. And consequently, with our tithes and offerings, we make money and we put them in a bag with holes in them. So money's going out here and money's going out there and money's, and you're just saying, I made all this money, but I got nothing to show for it. How, how is it people don't understand the concept of tithing when they're in the church? Unless they just don't agree with it. 
So how can you be in the church of Jesus Christ and not agree with tithing? How can you not understand that tithing predates the law? How can you not understand that? How can you not understand bring the tithes into the storehouse? Your house is not the storehouse. There's no way for you not to understand that. So it has to be a refusal to do what God says do. Which means that you're not following the principles of God, but yet when trouble comes, you want God to move. You want God to bless. And now, now listen, saints, and we've said this before, and I don't care if you don't agree with this or not, but, well, I care, but I don't care. But listen, you don't tithe, okay? And we teach tithing. So there's trouble that comes in your life. Then you come to the church, and you want the church to bail you out. That's not, that's not, I, I won't deal with fair. It ain't correct. It ain't fair either, but it's not correct. It's not correct. And then folks talking about, well, I ain't going to ask the church to help because I don't want them to know my business. Probably because you ain't been tithing. Because the whole church don't know your business. And, and the church helps people. The church pays people power bills, and they are not always members of the church. But when you look at your people who you've taught the word of God and who hear it every Sunday, and then they refuse to do what they're supposed to do, and then they get in a tight, and here they come to the church. What are you supposed to do? Just we, we, we expect the church to do just like God. God heal me anyway. I've been disobedient, but heal me anyway. I've been disobedient with my money, but bless me anyway. We look at God like a good old granddaddy who gives his grandchildren whatever they want, regardless of what they've been, how they've been doing. Mom and daddy say, no, run to grandmama. And then we're going to advance supernaturally. The devil is a lie, and you too. Tithing is tied to faithful stewardship because money has been put in your hands. Every week, every month, we receive income. And it's in our hands. God doesn't do what the government does. He doesn't take it out before you get it. He trusts you. It is required of one who has been trusted with something that he becomes faithful. So God trusts you with it. He trusts you with your time. Why don't you have time for the things of God? You got time to go to the movies. You got time to go to watch football. You got time to go to football. You got time to, to look in each other's eyes. And, 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 and you're supposed to love your wife and your husband. You got time to... To, to, to go play football, you got time to play video games, you got to, but when it comes time to spiritual things, you don't have time. You don't darken the door of the church except Sunday morning. Wednesday night, you don't have time. Church has things going on, you don't have time because your life is so filled with other things. Who allowed your life to get so filled with other things? God didn't do it. So you got to manage it wisely. You got to stop and say, listen, 
I need to make sure that th these things go on. I got all of these other things to do, but I'm going to have to back away from something because I have some spiritual responsibilities that have to be taken care of. And you have to instill that in your children because the school and the community groups don't, that don't care about church and don't care about spiritual things, they will schedule everything on Sunday morning and Wednesday night when you have traditionally, think about it, when you have traditionally brought people to church, now community groups and everything is scheduling everything on Sunday. Everybody does not get out of church at 12 o'clock. So you have to instill this in your children. Sometimes you have to stop and say, listen, you can't participate in this. Are we willing to do that? You know, I remember as a child when we would do things in the church, you know, you know how we used to buy uniforms for the choir and uniforms for the usher. There were some people who could never afford to buy their children uniforms for the church. But if they were participating in something in school, their children would always have it. Because people value worldly things more than they value the things of God. Faithful stewardship. This is just, this is just, getting, this is just the beginning of this message. Whew. And, and the message is not meant to make you feel bad. It's meant to make you think. Because if you don't work the principles of God, you can't expect the principles of, principles of God to work for you. The bottom line. Anybody ever take philosophy 101? You learned about the thing I remember is if, then. If this happens, then that will be the result. Cause and effect. Lord, have mercy. Now we're about to come to the table of the Lord. And it's a time for us to really reflect on our real spiritual lives. You know, to reflect on who we are in God. Don't start disclaiming, oh, I'm a child of God. Well, if you're a child of God, then you're a citizen of the kingdom. If you're a citizen of the kingdom, you have to follow the laws of the kingdom. If you work faith, faith will work for you. If you work stewardship, stewardship will work for you. If you work tithing, which is a part of stewardship, if you work these principles, they'll begin to work for you. Because God watches over his word to perform it. The first part of that song goes, before you say, if you will only, what's the other part of it? The first part. I will be with you. What else? I will never leave you. What else? I'll fight your battle. What? If you will only trust you. Trust me. So where are you going to trust God at? When you get in a battle? That's where you're going to start trusting him at? When you get sick? That's where you're going to start trusting him at? You're going to trust God 
and following his principles. That's the area that you begin to trust God in. That's the place. That's the place. Because when you're following his principles, he's obligated to work his principles. He's not obligated to fight for you if you're not working his principles. He is not obligated. Now, you can go and study it and look it up. He is not obligated. That's why I say there's a false sense of spirituality in the church. Many times, what we believe is not in line with what the word says. Am I perfect? I'm not perfect. There are some things I need to work on? Yeah. But I know what the word says. I know what it is to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. My mind is that I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. That's my mindset. I'm not just a Christian. I'm not just a churchgoer. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. God has laws that he's put in place. And if I work those principles, if I work those laws, they will benefit me. I guarantee you if you work them, they will benefit you. Pastor, you just took all the fun out of coming to church. <laughs> no, I'm trying to get us to the place where the joy of the Lord is our strength. Those things that bring joy to God strengthens us. So it's really, it's really not about you being happy. It's about pleasing God first. And we got it backwards. We put the cart before the horse. It's about God being pleased. And when God is pleased, then he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. You can really be happy then. You can, you can really dance. Just think of all your bills were paid, how light you'd feel. Just think. Just think if you always had the right word to say to somebody, the peace that would be in your heart and in your mind. Just think. You know, when you're doing those things that bring glory to God and that please God, that brings joy to God, which are following his principles. Saints, you got to know his principles. Don't just know one scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But he's really got to be your shepherd. He's really got to be your shepherd. Are you understanding me? Let's stand.